Welcome to Let's Talk Agriculture, episode 13. In this podcast, Oliver McIntyre talks to Andrea Gardner, Suffolk sheep breeder and head of agricultural projects at Myers Co College, to find out more about the Skills Accelerator project and how they've been delivering it across Lancashire through the Myers Co College Agnet Zero Challenge. Here's Oliver. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our latest podcast. As you know, we've been focusing on different aspects of sustainability within the agricultural sector. And as I do keep saying, sustainability isn't just about the environmental and carbon greenhouse gas aspect. It's also about financial sustainability and family and social sustainability. I suppose you call this a declaration of interest. I'm at an old stomping ground of mine. I'm actually at Myersco College today, which is where I started as an agricultural student some 35 years ago this year, would you believe? Crikey, where's it all gone? And I'm delighted to say I'm chatting to someone I've worked with on and off for many years. Colleague and friend, we're friends, aren't we, Andrea? Oh, very much so, yes. Excellent, excellent. (laughs) And Andrea Garner is Head of Agricultural Projects at Myers College, and I'm here today to talk to her about the project she's been running for the last six months. But before we get to that, Andrea, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Oliver. Excellent. So... Tell me a little bit about the project you've been running for the last six months. What's its aims been and where are you up to with it? The project is called the Skills Accelerator Project. It's funded by the Department of Education. It's one of seven projects being delivered across Lancashire by a consortium of colleges called the Lancashire Colleges. We're all delivering different aspects of carbon management. So this is looking at accelerating skills in carbon management. So some of the colleges may be delivering, say, motorsports or manufacturing or digital. Meister College is concentrating on agriculture, mm-hmm. and we're delivering the Meister College Ag Net Zero Challenge. And what's, where did the idea for the project come from? And what's the project destined or setting out to sort of find out? What's, it, what's its outcomes going to be? The idea came from discussions with farmers last year, talking about different topics and things that we could do. And one farmer said, what's this about carbon? What's happening out there? We don't know what's going on. So the idea... Just a a general awareness. Seeing it in the news, reading it in the farming press and Mm -hmm. thinking, well, that's great, but I don't know where to start. Such a lot of jargons like emissions, sequestration, adaptation. So we set out to sort of demystify what was being said out there by delivering this project to farmers in Lancashire. It's a process we're going through as well at the bank a little bit because we've obviously got a big team of agricultural managers, but not everybody's from an agricultural background. They're passionate and involved in the industry, but mm. they've come from all sort of different backgrounds. And we are currently going through the process to make sure all our guys are up to speed. Like, say, the terminology out mm. there, I don't think sequestration was a word I'd ever heard of four years ago, to be honest. Maybe uh, it all gels together eventually. So that's that's where the project originated from. What are the outcomes? We're sitting here at you know, Myers Coates, an agricultural college, training the farmers and the future of farming day in, day out. What's the outcomes of this project? What are you hoping to achieve? At the end of the project, we hope that farmers will be more informed about how they can reduce the carbon emissions. So we've delivered five carbon roadshows, taking carbon audits from farm, different farm types across Lancashire, the results of which eventually will turn into something that will design curriculum going forward. We're meeting with awarding bodies next week to see where that will take us, see if we can develop qualifications linked to carbon management. So basically trying to get that knowledge base of what's good, what's bad in, in the world of carbon and the mm-hmm. connection with agriculture 
and then what rolling out across the courses that go out not only from Mysco but from presumably all over the UK if you can set the blueprint. Yeah, if we're working with awarding bodies, then that would go across the country. So you've run these five workshops. Have they been on farm? They've been on farm. Yeah. Excellent. And you've crossed the spectrum, beef sheep. Yeah, that, the idea from the beginning was making it relatable to all farmers. So we picked five different farm types to do the roadshows on, which was like large dairy, average dairy. There was an, a, a farm in Burnley, which was a large area of peatland. So the topic there would be perhaps to discuss sequestration. We've gone to a poultry unit, large dairy where they're growing up their own forages. And as I said before, that's trying to make it relatable to all farmers that attend. However, as you know, even if we picked a large dairy in Hambleton, for example, that might not be the same carbon emissions as another large dairy somewhere, but it was making it relatable that farmers would attend. Yeah, I think that's part of the challenge, Andrew. You know, you can have two dairy herds running side by side on neighbouring mm. farms and their, their emissions and footprint could be completely different. Exactly. I was on a call last week where they said we need to stop talking about carbon per litre of milk or kilo of meat, it, you've almost got to relate it back to the calorific output of, mm. of the produce coming off that farm because a, a litre of milk is a litre of milk, but it depends on what type of milk it is, what solids it's got yeah. in it, and that's going to alter alter the carbon footprint massively. So you've had these farm events. Have you had any investment at Meister College on the college farm itself to deliver the project? Yes, we have. I've been quite passionate about what we have invested in the farm. We've bought an umbilical spreader. We've bought a harvest laboratory. We've bought a self-propelled Keenan feeder with the latest NIRS technology and some low-impact seed drills as well. Excellent. Right, go back and tell me what all those things do. <laughs> so, <laughs> Umbilical spreader, obviously we're all, we're all over, but Harvest Lab, what, what sort of facilities are in there? So for the Harvest Lab to work, what, what we've done there is we've soil mapped the whole of the farm. We've soil tested all the fields. All that information has gone into the computer. The results have come out as to nutrient values that are available in the soil. So what we can, we can then do is top up the requirement for the next crop, either with the on-farm slurries and manures or, in the long term, if it be required, bolting fertiliser. But that's what we're trying to minimise by getting an accurate analysis so of the soil. you're getting that soil indices for yeah. MP and K all, all the way through. Fabulous. And so the whole farm is going to be nutrient budgeted from here on in. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. What else have you invested in? Self-propelled? Uh, Self-propelled feeder. Keenan feeder, so that has NIRS technology. Right, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It's got what technology? Near-infrared spectrometry. Excellent. And what does that do? So that's, uh, in real time, is analysing the dry matter and the nutrients in the silage. As it uh, goes through the feed? Yeah, as the, the, the self-propelled Keenan feeder goes into the face of the silage, takes the core of the silage, puts it in the feeder wagon, and in real time, each load will have a nutrient analysis. Because obviously what would happen before for those people not been involved in the sort of ruminants sector is your silage analysis would come from about half a dozen or a dozen cores, take, depending on the size of the clamp, yeah. mix it up in a bag, send it away, and then you'd assume the whole clamp was of that quality, wouldn't you? So and perhaps done once a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now this is happening every day, so you yeah. can feed absolutely on yeah. the button. Feed on the button and only then add the required purchase feed to what's required, either be one load might go across to the milk cows, one load might go across to the dry cows or heifers. So we can vary that. So we talk a lot about nutrient budgeting of crops and we talk a lot about greenhouse gas emissions and, and where mm. they come from in agriculture. But I'm a big believer that efficiency has a, a huge part to yeah. play in reducing the, the carbon footprint of yeah. UK farming. So 
like you say, feeding them to the minute, absolutely mm. on the button of whatever is in that feeder wagon. Yeah. Uh, sounds amazing. That's a new one on me. Thank Increased you efficiency and improved productivity. That's where we're trying to get to. So of the five farms, you've done the carbon audits on. Yes. Obviously, they've taken part and been presumably quite interested and intrigued by it. What's, what's the uptake been, not only against that group of five farms, but also farmers who've attended the meetings you've been holding to discuss the results and, and the outcomes? There have been some quite large on-farm events attended by farming families, if you will, because I think that's what we are in Lancashire, quite family-orientated on-farms. Yeah, sure. So mums, dads, sons and daughters, decision-makers. We presented at the beginning of each event the audit and the results that we've found, and then we've gone out on-farm to look at where we can make a difference. So we might have looked at soil health, looked at compaction, how we can improve soil health to grow more grass, improve the yields. We might have looked at building resource to improve energy efficiency. Perhaps going to look at the silage to have a look at what the silage looks like and how it smells and tastes and improving nutrition. What's been key is that when we presented the results of the carbon audit, we're looking at kilograms of CO2 emissions, which has been quite mystifying to some and even myself. But if we can turn that into improving the bottom line in profit, then that's quite understandable. And again, going back to improving efficiencies and productivity. It's quite interesting, Andrea, to hear you talking about soil compaction and efficiency, mm. nutrient budgeting, soil organic matter, soil health, controlled trafficking. Mm-hmm. I could name all the lecturers who talked yeah. to us about this and you'd know them all. We even had a crops lecturer that was adamant that livestock should be part of an arable rotation. And that was in the 80s. It was at a time when farms became really specialist. The mixed farm was starting to die out. You were either seriously arable or seriously dairy or focused on beef and sheep. And I think that's probably one of the messages to get out there to the farming community is it's nothing new, is it, Andrew? This is stuff we've been talking about and teaching, yep. you know, either in colleges or on farm or day release for 20, 30, 40, 50. Exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm older than you and it was back in my day as well then. So, Andrea, obviously you're running the project. You've got farmers coming to on-farm events, but you've got a few more strings to your bow. You don't just work at Myers Co, do you? you? You farm in your own right? I do. I've got a flock of performance-recorded pedigree Suffolk sheep. Excellent. How are you <laughs> applying the stuff you're learning just day in, day out, but also to do with the project, to, to actually your own breeding programme with the Suffolks? It's genetic improvement, looking at traits of a sheep that we need to pursue, such as uh, growth rates, milkiness of the sheep, eight-week weights and 21-week weights, fat fat scanning to see the depth of muscle that are in the lambs. And that's about bringing in this efficiency factor, isn't it? You can't just breed sheep, cattle, pigs, whatever, turn them into a field and go back 12 months later and see how they're doing. No, you can't. No, and it's about breeding something that's fit for purpose in the long term, reducing the waste at the end of the day and improving the efficiency of the, of the growing lamb. So for me, obviously, I've got the agricultural background, but I spent the last 16 years working in agricultural banking. So sustainability is massively important for the planet, for climate change, greenhouse gas emissions. But sustainability has to be financial. And again, you've touched on the big sort of family farm industry that there is in Lancashire and the Northwest, really. So it has to have that social family sustainability where succession can take place and everybody's happy with the way the farm business is moving forward. Do you see this sort of challenge of getting to net zero as is that going to affect farm profitability in the future, positively or negatively? What what do you think about that? If a farm isn't going to be profitable, then it can't be sustainable, can it? So No, can't be. Then the farmers need to look at the options here to achieve net zero 
if you're going to retain the profitability. So as an industry, Andrea, we've got a target, NFU target 2040, a government target of 2050 to get to net zero. I don't know what your opinion is. I have a feeling that agriculture is going to have to move a little bit faster than that in the journey to net zero. Yes. I think what we're doing next week, we've got an employer forum and invited to that is the wider industry stakeholders. So finance sector, accountants, cheesemakers, manufacturers, processors, because it's just it's wider than farming per se. Agriculture is a number of stakeholders involved. And I think individual farms, will they get to net zero? Some may struggle, but as a group of farmers collaborating together, potentially we should get there. Quite confident about that. So carbon credits, there's an awful lot of talk in the industry at the minute that this is going to be a new income stream for mm. farmers. And I, I myself have, have said it in the last two, three years. But as it's the focus on the industry and emissions has intensified, mm. I've swung more to the, the idea of getting their own house in order first. Farms have to get to net zero before they start selling that sort of asset that is a carbon credit. Do they? Yeah, oh, I definitely agree with that. There's a lot of word out there about carbon credits and selling carbon credits, but I'd say be aware and beware of it, especially around farms in Lancashire. It might be something that's an option in Scotland or in arable areas, but probably not something in Lancashire farming at the moment. And they say they need to get themselves to net zero first to realise what potentially they could sell, because it might not be that you can sell. Yeah, I was talking to a friend this morning who's just taken a tenancy on quite a large upland farm in the northwest, and he says a quarter of his farm is either woodland or hedgerow, and they've, they've mapped it all. Mm. And he said basically he won't he won't have any spare carbon credits. No, if he's keeping cattle and sheep, yeah. they're all going to be used up yeah. by his cattle and sheep. But he feels very positive. He says he's in a very strong position to get mm. to net zero. So then he just taken the tenancy. So. Good news, and I'm sure it'll make a great success of it. What other events have you got planned for the project before it gets to its conclusion? Well, you should know, Oliver, because you are chairing an event for us at the end of the month, which is our Master College Agnet Zero Challenge, The Impact, where we're hoping to demonstrate some results from the use of the kit that we've bought or predict some results if we can as to if we've made any reduction in carbon emissions and improved the bottom line. So that's... Yeah, when this conference gets done, Andrea, that'll be more or less the end of the term of this project. Is there anything you've got planned going into the future to help support? Yes, we're purchasing a training vehicle because whilst we realise that farmers have attended the events that we've held, the five carbon roadshows, there are a lot of farmers that either haven't made it to the events or it's not the thing for them to attend. So this vehicle will enable us to go out into Lancashire, perhaps at auction marts where farmers... Farm sales. Yeah, farm sales. Really good idea, Andrew, because, yeah. you know, there are, as with all industries and all personalities, mm. there's people who go to meetings yeah. and there's people who just never go to yeah. meetings. Yeah. But they do have to go to the auction yeah. and they will go to a farm sale. We've been doing this for years, haven't we, Farm Business Advisory Service last time. And it, those that come, they have, a, they have a passion to find out, but those some that are quite nervous about attending and resident of change, really. So you're hoping to reach them yeah. through this vehicle and putting it into an environment where they're confident and comfortable, yeah. really. Yeah. And what sort of information... Do you foresee being available to farmers who approach the van, whether it's at an auction or a farm sale or something? We'll be sharing the results of the carbon audits that we've done. And we've also been delivering on Farm for the Future as well. So if there's anything that we can talk about from that programme, any of the grant funding that's available, we can discuss that with them. We've got advisors that have trained on this sort of information. So if they want to approach us, that's fine. Part of the sort of the agricultural transition that we're in now. Yes, 
and I don't know whether you saw it, but there was a survey recently that said that one third of farmers feel fully engaged with transition, mm. taking into account the reduction in basic payment scheme income and the changes towards elms. There's another third. I mean, anybody working in agriculture could have predicted this result, but there's mm. another third that knows about it but isn't doing That's too right. much about yeah, it, but they yeah. are thinking about it. And there's another third that aren't engaged. Yeah. Maybe, as you say, maybe frightened to talk about it. And it's maybe. where they're getting the information from. Is yeah. it from round the table? Is it from the feed rep? Or is, it, is it from a neighbour? All very good, but it's just about widening their horizons and just talking to others that might can, and sharing with others their concerns and hope we could, hopefully we can help them through the transition period. That sounds like a brilliant idea. Well, it's nearly time to wrap up, Andrea. I know how busy you are delivering this project, so I'll just ask you one last question before we go. Can UK agriculture get to net zero? Yes, I'm sure we can. If there's anything that farmers are positive about and passionate about, it's climate change and what's happening. Some of the concerns at the moment are with the figures. There's a number of toolkits out there, but together and with the support of DEFRA, I'm sure we can get some sort of standardisation on the figures that are being inputted. Yeah, I think some of the tools out there are brilliant. They're a great starting point to give you an idea. Mm. And if you're a big believer in, if you don't start something, you're never going to get to it. So they're great, but I... I think, yeah, standardisation is, is yeah. what the industry needs at the minute. We have to start somewhere, and as long as we can look from one year to the next and see that they're dropping, we're starting somewhere. But some standardisation would be great. Perfect. Andrea, I genuinely know how busy you are. It's been a very intense project you've been putting together, so I really appreciate your time and taking time to show me around my old agricultural college. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and you'll receive a notification when we release our next episode, when no doubt we'll take a deeper look into another sustainability topic facing UK farming business. All of our Let's Talk Agriculture podcasts are available to listen or download from our Barclays Let's Talk Business channel on Spotify, Apple and SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening. We have a series of podcasts on our Let's Talk Business channel that delve deeper into important business topics and issues. Please add them to your playlist and take a listen. Make money work for you. We're not responsible for, nor do we endorse in any way, third-party websites or their content. The views and opinions expressed in this content don't necessarily reflect the views of Barclays Bank UK PLC nor should they be taken as statements of policy or intent of Barclays Bank UK PLC. Barclays Bank UK PLC takes no responsibility for the veracity of information intimated by a third party and no warranties or undertakings of any kind, whether expressed or implied, regarding the accuracy or completeness of the information given. Barclays Bank UK PLC takes no liability for the impact of any decisions made based on information contained and views expressed. Barclays Bank UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Mm -hmm.